0: Today, um, I've got the special privilege of inviting my parents, Phil and Bronte, up. Why don't you give them a big round of applause? A- my parents uh, have just recently finished up ministry um, well, not ministry, but finished being pastors at Raumati Beach Church down on the Kapiti Coast. And uh, they've had many, many years of ministry over their lives um, pretty much, how many years do you think, altogether? 40-odd years of ministry, so it's pretty impressive, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're not retired, but they're not working in an official capacity as a, as a pastor anymore. But, so it's really wonderful to have them here today. And uh, the reason why I invited them was that we've been kind of looking at, as a church, um, a little bit about around sort of being with Jesus, like abiding with Jesus. Um, I've spoken about Jesus being the calm and the storm. And I've talked about Mary and Martha um, the last time I spoke. And so we just, um, particularly in this time where there's a lot of distractions and stuff going on in our world, we just remember it's really important to put our eyes on Jesus. And, um, and some of the really important stuff is around uh, our daily devotional practices. Sunday, like I shared before, is really critical to our relationship with God, doing life together as a community. Um, but it's also a daily thing, a daily thing of being with Jesus um, day by day. And so this morning I'm going to um, just get my parents to share a little bit about themselves and then I'm going to uh, uh, ask them how over the course of their lives as Christians, as parents, as, um, as a husband and wife and as um, pastors, how they have, um, you know, how their relationship with Jesus has evolved over the years um, from being new Christians to now, with everything that they've gone through, and uh, just so I, I believe there's going to be some treasure here for all of us this morning. So, I'll just start by, um, why don't you guys just? Um, I know everything about you. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, not everything. Oh, okay. A few surprises still left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is that why they had to step down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll just get you guys to share. For these guys who, you know, don't know you, a little bit of your, who you are, how you became Christians, you know, a bit of your story. Um,
1: yeah, I'm 68 now, and I became a Christian at 25, from a totally, um, non-Christian home, never, ever, uh, been churchgoers, and had quite a powerful conversion, a supernatural, which every conversion is, but, um, you know I heard of, I, I was drunk at the time, and God spoke to me and said, "This life is not for you anymore and um, and it was only a matter of time then there'd been a whole lot of stuff leading up to that, probably um, a growing dissatisfaction with the emptiness of the life I was living, which I was quite enjoying. And it was a lot of fun as well, but it 's the whole how it leaves you and um, so I had this Pretty much incredible conversion. Uh, within a couple of weeks, I was baptized, uh, saved, baptized, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and just um, incredibly um, passionate and telling everyone about Jesus. Um, and within about six months, I met Phil. We had very different backgrounds, um, but we just felt we were called together. And um, and uh, we met and married very quickly, which a lot of you would be horrified about <laughs> if your children did it. Um, and um, and we, we certainly, you know, we come from very different backgrounds, family backgrounds. Our family was just, you just talk everything out and, you know, uh, there's no sort of suppressed anger. It was all just out there, you know. <laughs> And Phil's family were very polite, um, but you couldn't talk about anything, and a whole lot of, you know, neither way is great, but somehow through it. I think the greatest thing I was thinking about this morning is the whole thing of repentance and forgiveness, and I almost sense it's almost, because we're so about our rights now, that that whole thing about repentance and forgiveness is not strong in the church anymore, but that was very much what stopped me. You know, I just thought no can't, you know, I come from a home where there'd been a lot of turmoil and I just thought no this marriage is going to work and I'm staying in it. And very fortunate I had such a lovely husband so I didn't make it difficult to stay, but um, I think the greatest thing we had for us in our marriage was Jesus. We both were so passionate about Jesus, we were passionate about the church, we've always been part of the local church, Um, and not just, we've been part of it, we've been in the community of it, we've created community in it. Um, That has been so important to us, that whole thing of not forsaking, actually getting together with each other, and it's a bit like that thing John Mark Comer said, when I come together with God's people, I'm reminded that we are a whole household of faith and how much we need each other. So we've had a very interesting life um, soon after we got married. Do you want to perhaps go on and, and then yeah. I'll come
2: back to that? Yeah, we'll just keep um, weaving backwards and forwards. Um, just a bit about myself. Um, I was raised uh, near Hunterville. Um, my parents were farmers. I came to school here, Boys High, uh, uh, college house, uh, yeah, <laughs> so might be a few old boys here, <laughs> and um, I worked in Palmerston after I left school, and it had wonderful memories actually, because I, this is where I, I met the Lord really, through um, this new life church, which met in an old movie theatre, which was in the centre of town there, it was a strange sort of building, but I sort of had a lot to do with that, and But it was through them and my witness of my mother who'd become a Christian, Uh, I became a Christian, and it's, wow, it's nearly kind of 48 or 49 years ago nearly now. So um, yeah, but I've been raised as a probably, we had a good family life, um, conservative sort of life, and it was a wonderful life living in the country. My parents had, a lot of people in those days went to church, it was kind of a thing that was done. Uh, and so we were I was raised in an Anglican church but I didn't actually believe I'd, and I went to college house and we had to go every Sunday to church and we we're forced to go to church and I could never understand it you go to church and you'd go through communion all this liturgies and stuff and I thought what's this about what's this God thing about and uh, but then later when I became a Christian I could understand but no one ever sort of talked about it I I went to the church for I think it was all saints in those days. About four years every Sunday, just about when I was boarding, and I never really heard a message about Jesus. And I was saved. I might not have heard it clearly. But so I became a Christian, and um, yeah, and no, we lived in Lower Hutt, and we met Braun and we've I've been involved. We we um, we've done a lot of different things. Really, we've kind of very adventurous and uh, very people that just want to go after the kingdom and made some big moves and we went as a young couple to India and uh, we worked in a community there um, which was a YWAM community amongst people with drug addicts and all sorts of issues and we ran this discipleship community and uh, yeah, loved our time there. We came back to New Zealand and we were involved in church. Then I uh, was involved in alcohol and drug rehabilitation work for three years, uh, and then we went to Baptist College and uh, trained to be a pastor. We went to Wainuamata in Wellington for five years, Paul and Julie, uh, <laughs> part of uh, history there. And after that, we came back to Palmerston for a number of years. I, 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 in that time, I'd been in the part of the police, and now I rejoined the police for a number of years. But after that, we went down to Grace Vineyard. And since then... We've been in Grace for about eight years. We've come to to uh, Ramati, which we've been for nearly eight and a half years. So, yeah, that's just a very brief overview um, mm. of of our history. I just want to say that with your, I had to describe it when you with your Christian life. There's 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 kind of I call it there's like a journey of growing in faith and. Uh, like when you meet the Lord and it's wonderful but you're on a beginning journey of that and uh, it was really only when I was in my early 40s that I, I really wanted to get deeper change in my life. I felt I'd been a Christian for many years and I struggled with a lot of issues of my mind and anxiety and stuff like that and i sort of had to. i felt i was living with a lot of this stuff and i i, I started in this time really journeying into god in a deeper way and really dealing with some of the stuff and and probably as we, you've been talking about abiding um john 15 it says if you abide in me and my word abides in you ask whatever you wish and you would be done i feel there's a whole thing of a my relationship in the Lord, I really started to get into prayer, I get into worship, into, into praying in tongues, and then I say got into the Word, and I, uh, both things have sort of happened together, where I get into the Scriptures, and I've done a lot of memorization of Scriptures, I do a lot of confession of Scriptures, and i found a lot of these, these things have really changed me. The big thing is in our life, we get stuck, and uh, we've got to always allow God to change us, and we go through different seasons of life. When I, I see a lot of your young parents here, you, you, that's, a, that's a season you go through, and then you go through another season when your kids grow up, and you've got to bring Jesus into the seasons that you go through and change with those seasons. So, yeah, I'm, you want to say a bit, and then I'll come back
0: again. Yeah, I, sorry, I just want to add to something on the yeah. Um, I think that 's something i 'm quite consciously aware of um, we we 've had little kids and now they 're growing up and we they 're going into the teenage phase and yeah I, I know across our church community people have got you know teenagers and they 've got little kids and they 've got kids that have left home and, and they 're at all those different seasons, um, particularly when you 've got the like the little kids at home and you feel like you 've got no time and you 're not sleeping i think I know I particularly felt very uh, guilty that i wasn 't my daily yeah. rhythms weren 't good and uh, How do you, I guess, how do you fit that into your life and have grace for yourself as well for those seasons of life? Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: I I think there is a way. um, And yes, you do feel you are tired at that time of your life. But there is a way to do it. Even if it's only, even if you have 15 minutes uh, and, you know, you're, you're walking to school or you're you're doing something. It's If you make that time, if you actually make that 15 minutes, you will find that it'll become a much more natural thing of actually just sitting uh, perhaps with one or two scriptures, not trying to do too much. I think people, they set themselves these big things like I'm going to do this, this and this and then they, you know, they don't do it and then they feel bad. And that's where I think these apps like Pray As You Go, Lectio 365, they are not meant to be the whole picture, but they are part of the picture. And I actually believe we we find time for what we really desire. And I think, would anyone say that's not true? We do find time for what we really want. Even though you're tired, if you actually got up slightly earlier before the kids wake up, and made that time, because um, I mean, you know, um, it's so important to keep our hearts right with the Lord, and um, and we don't need we just get one scripture. Mm. There's a scripture I've been thinking about this week, and it's it's out of Psalm one. Blessed is the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, and I just I just kind of chew on that all day. And think, you know, who am I actually listening to? Who am I taking advice from? And also it says, nor stands in the path of sinners or sits in the seat of the scornful. You know, it's very easy to become a bit jaded and scornful as a Christian and to become critical. And it's so important that we watch over our hearts. Offence is one of the biggest things that takes people out of the church and I just think we really do have to get over it. It's, there's a lovely scripture. It says, um, those who love your word will never be offended. Now, you will be offended. You won't stay offended. Because if you measure your offense against the word of God, your heart will be challenged that you need to forgive even when something really awful has been done to you, and you need to forgive even when the other person isn't necessarily wanting that. Even pastors, the thing that takes them out of ministry is offense. Uh, Pastors are no different than anyone else, (laughs) you know, but I'm just saying that that's, you know, you might be surprised to hear that, but we meet with so many pastors who feel so burnt out by offense, and yes, it's inevitable you'll be offended, But it's not compulsory to stay in that position. And if you stay offended, I believe you will not open your heart to the Holy Spirit and to God. Mm. But yes, we all understand that. But I think, I mean, we had a busy life. We had three boys. One of them was autistic. He still is. Um, And um, it was kind of crazy there for a while. But, you know, I found church and being with people was what actually got me through. Instead of retreating into the pain, I just went out of the pain and had loads of people in our house and um, enjoyed life. i just tell you this because you love hearing it. Julia, uh, Julie and Paul were like besties for us in Wainui, and we all came up here together. And then, this is like a fairy tale, and then Nick and Amy met because of that. <laughs> and Julie and I had a bit to do with it. <laughs> well, they'd met anyway, but... Um, you know, I mean, that's a pretty amazing story um, of mm. being part of a community. Mm. But don't give up. Mm. Don't give up because you feel like you're not doing as much as someone else or whatever. Get one scripture and meditate on it. And that just means whatever you're doing in the gym, cook it, you just keep, Holy Spirit, show me the truth in the scripture. If you could get one scripture, memorize it, pray it, say it, declare it, and meditate on it, it'll change your life.
0: Mm. Did you, um, just to add to that, have you had seasons in your life, um, I know some people describe them as kind of like being in a, a desert, you know, yeah. where you, you can't hear God, um, you can't feel God, you you, you just, your, belief, your belief's really, you're just hanging on kind of thing and you're sort of going through the desert. And yeah, I, yeah, I think it's a very common experience in people's seasons of the lord um particularly and then they sort of think but why isn't it like when i first got saved or that time when i was hearing from the lord clearly like you know what's been i guess for you um that oasis in the desert or that well that you found in that moment well, yeah
2: well i think um as i said before i it's kind of in the seasons of life we go through each season has its challenges and i think when a young parent has a busy incredible challenge but when you get into other stages like I hit my early 40s and uh, and I realized wow I wasn't yeah you sort of realize you weren't this amazing wonderful big church of thousands of people or thing you had a whole lot of struggles I was working through and I was working through myself uh, at that stage and my personality and things that I feel God wanted to change. So. In that season, I did. I went into God in that mm. time, and and some of you at different season. Like we come to another season now, where we're kind of thought we've left the church. Like as pastors, and I had this thought. I used this that oh, just all I'm, my life now is just going to the bowling club and you know, <laughs> and uh, just playing golf, which I, I don't actually. <laughs> but I think what else is there to life? You know, and I started had this terrible thought. Um, is this the end now <laughs> and just kind of deteriorate and just till you go um but uh, but you have these fears eh and you think oh but i i've no i'm not i'm not i'm not thinking it's bowling clubs <laughs> um but i my life we're both still pastoring, we'll be pastors a different way but we'll till till we finish and I've just got to adjust my mind. We want to be invested in people. We want to be with people. We want to mentor. We want to disciple, um, wherever we are, and to flourish wherever we are. I just want to encourage you, wherever you are, you can flourish, even as a young mum with busyness. As Bron, Bron would just gather. She had the ability to gather, and she'd have a whole lot of people in the home, and we'd have meals and all sorts. But yeah, you know, we were serving Jesus at that time. So yeah, it's. I felt the desert for me was the, in my 40s, I, I really hit a, a wall, and uh, in my own emotions and struggles, and that w- bought something out of prayer and declaration, a whole lot of things that changed me, but you've you got to, in the crisis, those moments, you've got to think, well, do I go with that, or do I going to change with it, mm. and uh, as I say, each stage of life, you'll have these different challenges, will you just... Kind a of roll with it yeah so I don't know if I've answered the question
0: no, that's, that's really awesome
2: yeah.
1: yeah I think too it's um you know there's a lovely scripture in the song of songs and it says um who's this coming up out of the wilderness leaning on her beloved and um these times where we're not aware of the tangible presence of God that's when I think um, we need to seek and to lean into God um and the only way out of the wilderness is actually leaning on Jesus. Mm. Mm. And that looks like sometimes creating some disciplines of starting to read your Bible daily, of praying. Mm. because um, And then those disciplines, just like, you know, it's, it's funny, I was talking to this person that we know quite well, and they were a bit worried about getting married because they they thought that they might end up getting bored sometimes with the partner. I said, well, that's a guarantee. Um, <laughs> for every one of us, I mean, you know, the, the ordinary actually becomes very appealing where you actually, I mean, I'm not saying Phil's boring, but um, <laughs> it could be me that's the boring one, but ordinary actually becomes incredible. Yeah. We have this extraordinary life That's actually mainly ordinary and with some extraordinary moments, and we shouldn't be trying to live our life out of extraordinary moments, like when you go to a conference or something and you're buoyed up by it. You still need to keep your own soul restored. You still need to know what it is to be led by still waters, Mm. besides still waters, to have your soul restored. Your relationship with Jesus is the most important thing. Mm. If you stick close to Jesus, you will be able to bear anything that happens to you. Mm. I I truly believe Mm. that. It's been my experience. That doesn't mean I haven't found it sad or difficult. I've had times where I've felt quite like a low-grade depression that's gone on in me. Um, But sticking close to Jesus... And there's so much help. There's so many wonderful teachings. There's so many wonderful readings. It's all laid out for us, but, you know, you have to open your mouth. You have to receive. Hmm. You know, Jesus said, receive my peace. The Hmm. problem isn't with his peace. It's in our not receiving. Hmm. And so sometimes you just have to stop and slow down and say, I receive your peace, Jesus. And sit there for five minutes, a bit like what Sam was saying. For some of us, that might have been the first little period of time that you actually stopped this week. And uh, I think you've just got to intentionally build those into your life. And there's just so much of God's grace too. The other thing which I find very important is you get hold of the fact that there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Once you believe that, you're going to live a lot more freely and easily. Otherwise, you've got the accuser coming, and he will come, but you actually, if you truly believe that, if you truly take that into your heart, that there's no condemnation for you in Christ Jesus. There's conviction, which is a very healthy thing, and I believe that's a much gentler, it's more like, oh, should you have done that? was that the best thing to do? Um, That wasn't very kind. Uh, You know, if you hear God's voice like some angry judge or angry person, uh, that's just your own interpretation. That is not who he is. He's a loving father. He will correct us, but he he says there is no condemnation. A lot of Christians are still walking around condemned. And don't actually find it hard to think, oh, you know, it's all fine for everyone else, but these scriptures don't really apply to me that he's going to bless me. Well, either you're not right or God's not true. And he's true. He's true. He's not a liar. But we do have an enemy, and it's learning to recognize his voice so we can refute it. You don't have to be getting into hours of spiritual warfare. You just have to learn to recognize his voice.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Was there anything else you guys wanted to add before we finish? Or?
2: Just um, as I sort of said, I, I feel um, someone once said that in your maturity, it's two things, you, you know God and you know yourself. I think the two things really go together and mm. to know what's going on in yourself. I feel very passionate about the whole journey of emotional healing that people get healed I feel a lot of Christians come to the Lord, and we think because we come to the Lord, it's all sweet. It's the beginning, and uh, yeah, I've just had a particular passion to see, because I some meet Christians, have been Christians for years, and they've never learned to forgive, or they've never learned to grow, and I believe all of us um, can get healed and get set free, and um, it doesn't have to take time. Twenty years. It, it can be done quicker if we go through some things that done quicker. But, um, and I believe all of us can. How to describe it? Even in a church meeting, some people feel I got nothing to give. You know, they think, "Oh, I've just got so much stuff in my life." I always look at the, the Book of Acts when they got the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the next group came in, and the next day I say, well, they were one day ahead <laughs> of the group. You, you, you've got things to give, and you, you don't have to be totally healed to, to still not be able to, you know, you can still give stuff to people. And um, so that we can feel like that we have confidence that we can just barge into people's lives and help people and disciple. And discipling is not a big, has to be a big formal thing, but it's just catching up or just, hey, I just saw this. I want to encourage you with that. Mm-hmm. Or... Um, you're talking to someone, oh, this worked for me. Just to, so that we, we all learn that there's not just from the front, and this, obviously in the service we, we hear God, but we also, walking with God, we've got good things to give into people's lives. So mm-hmm. I don't know what else to no, say. No, that's, that's, that's
0: awesome. Why don't we give these guys a big round of applause?